When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. There is nothing I love more than an amazing meal with high-quality meat cooked at home because... Let's be honest, eating out is so expensive. And you also know that eating out is the number one budget buster. That is why I am so glad I found ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service dedicated to delivering high-quality, grass-fed and grass-finished beef, organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood directly to your doorstep with free shipping always. You even get exclusive member deals, recipes, and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing price. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Use code ETM and get $20 off your first box at ButcherBox.com. Last night, we made a beef stew with meat from ButcherBox, and you can taste the difference. It was so satisfying and delicious. And all of our friends that were over for a dinner party, they raved at how good it was. So do yourself a favor and eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering my listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm and use code ETM to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Yes, it's true. You can travel and explore the world all while working remotely, earning a paycheck and smash your financial goals all at the same time. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Games. It will expand your brain. So if you've been listening for a while, we're friends now, right? And you know that I would do just about anything to travel. Honestly, I tell people all the time I work to travel and it's no joke. We have our entire travel schedule set for 2019, which of course it's likely to shift some, but we've set our intentions and our money in that direction. I would love just to travel and (laughs) not have to earn a paycheck, right? But let's be real. Unless I win the lotto, that's not going to happen. But thank God I actually do love what I do. So today's podcast guest, Michael Kahn, he's going to teach us how in 2016, he took part year in Remote Year. It's a program that allows young professionals to travel the world while working remotely. He traveled with 75 people from around the world, and he lived in, get this, 12 countries from one month at a time. He learned how to travel smartly and on a budget 
which ultimately led him to the company he found while traveling, Flixbus, and ironically, now he works for Flixbus. So I can't wait for him to tell you how he explored the world and everything that he learned from visiting these 12 countries. So Michael, I am, I'm so excited to hear your story today. Uh, this is a particular topic that is something near and dear to my heart, but I'd love to know starting out, why do you think it's important for everyone to travel to other countries and, and even work remotely? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, there's so many reasons that it's hard to obviously pinpoint uh, <laughs> one or, or even any. But um, I think to me, the biggest thing that I got out of it was really understanding how big and just how small the world is and the people in it are. So I think it's something that when you obviously you see a lot of the news and these day, this day and age, you can really, um, you know, explore more places via um, whether it's TV shows or tra- you know, travel shows or podcasts or hearing other um, people's perspectives, you really do get a better sense of what's out there than maybe you would have 50 years ago. But being able to see places yourself, there's no book you can read or TV show or documentary you can watch that replaces the feeling of, you know, sitting at the, uh, you know, on the steps of the Great Wall of China or any of that. And I think a lot of that that you do, and obviously there's the picturesque stuff that you think about, like the example I just gave, but also just walking through a, you know, a, a, a side street in La Paz, Bolivia, or something where um, you get a sense for the people around you and just how um, you know far from your world they are, but at the same time they have people want a, a roof over their head, they want a family and friends to hang out with. It's you know the core human traits and characteristics are you know so clear through everybody you see, no matter where you go. And I think reminding yourself of that, especially in today's day and age, is very important. That's awesome. I love that. And I'd love to know, because you have such a unique story, how has traveling and living in 12 countries changed you and maybe even challenged you in ways that you you didn't even think was possible? So for me, it opened up a whole way of living that I had never considered. So this idea of working remotely um, and the idea, this idea of, of living in other places around the world, it was always something to me that seemed... Um, like a fun idea and in, in theory would be, a you know, I have a ton of friends who would say, you know, it'd be great to live abroad for a semester or something. Um, and people do that throughout, you know, in different, a variety of different ways. But when you really, you know, when you really commit yourself to it and move, um, you know, with just a, a, a one bag full of things with people, you know, total strangers to a new country, um, you know, you're really forced to face the reality of that. So people always say, oh, <laughs> Your, your, your Instagram is amazing. It must have, your year traveling must have been so great. So you know what I didn't Snapchat? I didn't Snapchat food poisoning on a 12-hour overnight bus. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't food poison, uh, uh, Snapchat when I had altitude sickness in La Paz. Right? All of that stuff that, that, yes, there are the glamorous. You get the Instagram shots that you want, of course. But, um, you know, there's two sides to all of those pictures. And for everyone that was amazing, which, you know, it all was an amazing experience. But for everyone that was fun and exciting and, um, oh, my God, how cool, there was was something else that was um, difficult or painful or, or challenging or lonely. Uh, and I think that side of it, obviously, you think about when you're planning it, but it doesn't really hit you until you're faced with it uh, and, you know, 6,000 miles away from anything that you, uh, anybody you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's a great life lesson too. Just another reminder that it's on social media, we're seeing all the the pretty parts of things. And even if someone's sharing a story about travel that isn't the greatest story, maybe something happened to them, we're still seeing that that story attached with this 
beautiful picture of something. And I, for those people who aren't able to travel or where it doesn't feel like it's reality, you can really feel like you're missing out, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so much of that in social media these days, whether it's in a, this goes for every aspect of life, not just travel, but relationships and jobs. And you think everyone around you is, is so happy in every aspect of that. And it's, it's not always the case, even if it looks like that. Um, so yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I think the other thing that I would say just add is that it's in my mind, traveling was always something that I did with my, you know, I did a lot of it with my family and I was very fortunate to have, you know, traveled and seen some of the world, um, you know, before I did it myself. But I think a lot of people think about travel and you see these pictures of influencers in all these cool places and you think of it as a glamorous, expensive, elaborate way of living. And the truth is it's not. Uh, and it can be, it certainly can be, but there's so much room to travel in a more budget friendly way and a more, you know, in some ways, much even less expensive way than if you lived in Los Angeles, like I do now, um, that, you know, where, where you can still, you know, get access to all of these amazing experiences, um, see the world, get the culture, meet the people without, you know, you know, saving up for decades to afford to be able to do it. Yeah, that's such a great point. And I think everybody's always super curious about, those those budgeting tips and tricks and different ways that you were able to travel. But before we get to that, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your story. I know you graduated from Duke. You worked for three plus years investment banking and management consulting careers that many people might think are are a little dull or, or boring. But then you you joined this program, the remote remote year program, and you travel and worked abroad to to all of these countries. Was tell me a little bit about that that moment where you decided to make that career change and transformation, and now you ultimately work for the company that you were traveling with. So I'd love to just know a little bit of that story and the evolution of of your own career path. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the to, kind of to your, to maybe uh, change the question a little bit, but it, you know, it, it I didn't have to change my career path. I think that was the thing that. I just I had to think about a different lens to view it through, and I had to prioritize some things a little bit differently, and maybe put off a promotion that I may have gotten if I would have stayed. But you know, there are things that you didn't have to totally upend my life in order to do it. I think that's something with the founders of Remote Year when they started. Um, you know, they said, okay, yeah, we have, you know, they were both consultants, management consultants and demanding careers. And they said, you know, we've all these friends who say they want to travel, but no one's really willing to sacrifice their career to do so. Um, so what if we made it really easy? What if we built in some aspect of community by bringing together all sorts of people who are like-minded? There was 75 people from around the world, all different ages, um, all different jobs. But the one thing we had in common was that we all had remote jobs. Um, and we all met in Montevideo, Uruguay in 26, February, 2016, um, never having ever met any of these people and, you know, spent a year traveling to 12 countries and, uh, and what remote, remote year, the actual program did for us was set up all of the travel, the housing and a 24 seven workspace. And the, our companies all paid us normally. Uh, and then we would pay remote year a fee, just like we would for rent, um, which would cover these things as well as a lot of community and a lot of programming. Um, so part of what made it such an amazing experience, what really allowed someone like me to do it was that I didn't have to say, okay, I'm going to put my life on hold and I'm going to run away for a year and, and, and chase this dream. I could sort of have this mix, you know, mix experience in this mishmash of, you know, professional 
development, with personal development, with exploring the world and understanding more cult, you know, different cultures and different people and seeing different things. And I think that was, you know, part of the beauty of it was that, um, you know, was that I was able to do that. So I think people on my program would have also said this, you know, a lot of us never expected to ever do something like this, but when this opportunity presented itself to be, and we were the, uh, not, we were the second program uh, to, to do remote year. So it was very much a new, I mean, a lot of people thought it was a, like a fraudulent uh, Facebook ad. Like how could this possibly be happening? Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it was, you know, a, a lot of us wouldn't have ever expected to see ourselves there. Um, and it also opened up my eyes, uh, you know, in a, a ton of ways to this entire world of more freelance um, side hustle people who are doing other sort of approaching careers and jobs very differently than I had my whole life. I always was, I went to, I, you know, I was went to a good school and was told to get a good job and you know work at a desk and you work your way up, you get promoted, then you get you buy a house and that's life. And just sort of seeing this. Uh, this whole community of people who are approaching it a little bit differently saying, you know, I need, I need X amount of money to, to survive, to live and to be able to do the things I want to do. But I can do that while with a, you know, two side businesses that I put together myself and then, you know, get some passive income coming in or, you know, work really hard and buy a house and then rent it out and then travel, you know, all these different ways of, of working and living that were less traditional than, than what I had always, the only thing I'd ever known um, definitely opened my eyes. Um, and I think, I think a lot of that learning was also that, yes, that is a, there's a way to do that. That is very much month to month. I know I need X amount of money to feed myself and I can make that scrape together that amount doing these side projects, you know, somewhere between that end of the spectrum and going to Duke and then investment banking and then get promoted and then buy a house and then settle down and raise a family somewhere in between there is, you know, there's a spectrum that there's a place that's right for everyone. I think I'm probably somewhere in the middle, but my entire life, I'd only really known one far end of the spectrum. I'd never even seen the other one. So this exposed me to that other side. That's such a great story and message to share. And it was interesting. I was just having a conversation with somebody who works at a credit card company, oddly enough, today. And they were posing the question about why in today's society, we've built a society with technology and all these amazing features where we can work remotely. We can actually make this happen and we can get out and we can see the world. And Obviously, with millennials, experience and travel is is always somewhere at the top of the list, but we're not doing it as much as we can do it. Why do you think that is? Or, or are you noticing that? Yeah, I think so much of it depends on the type, you know, the type of industry you're in and how willing your you know, your, your industry, but also your employer and the people, you know, and, and you are to taking the leap because it's not it's you're fighting against you know, decades and, and decades of corporate culture, right? So you're trying to, it, it doesn't, you know, one generation of 20 somethings who say, Hey, we want to travel and we want to, we value experiences more than things, right? That doesn't, that's not enough, right? You need the world around you to say, okay, we can, we can work with that. You know, we can find ways. And what's really been interesting is seeing some of the companies that have embraced it and said, okay, well, not only does this allow to maybe attract better talent if we allow some people to be remote, but you know it also may save us some money on you know a, a office building that we wouldn't have to purchase otherwise. Or what if we instead of having to find you know programmers who all live in you know the Bay Area, what if we could use the entire world as our talent pool and have people who are remote, right? And all of a sudden, the ability to hire more talented people, people who are really better in a true meritocracy, more deserving for the job, um, then it brings a lot of advantages as well to the employer. So. 
yeah, I think it's happening. I think it's happening. You know, some industries it works better than other industries. I now work for you know Flixbus in a um, in a role in a you know startup environment where it, it would be really hard to do what I do now remotely. And there's so much, um, you know, it's very much an in-person meetings and um, you know relationship-oriented business. But for every one of those, there are ten jobs that are you know being done in a building in a corporate office park somewhere that really don't need to be. Um, and I think people could open their eyes a little bit and be a little more flexible and really start to see not just the, you know, hey, we're not just doing this because some kids want to. We're doing this because there actually are a ton of advantages for us as well as for the employees. That's that's such a good point. It was such an interesting discussion to have and everybody's sort of on a different place of that spectrum. But I know you discovered Flixbus when you were traveling on remote year, but I'd love to know what are some of the other tricks, tips, strategies it, stuff you learned when, when traveling and living abroad on a budget that were really things that you've now, you know, taken into other travel adventures that you have? Yes. I think the biggest thing that I would say, and this is, I mean, this was a, a mix of traveling, you know, for the year that we traveled as well as just, you know, I think partially Flixbus has also uh, played a part in this, but public transportation is is such a daunting, especially when you don't understand the language and you're in a foreign place, is <laughs> just such a daunting thing to try to tackle. It's way easier to revert to using an Uber if you you know if they have it or just hopping in a taxi or something. It's the public transportation systems are really not that complicated and they're super super cheap. It's an amazing, especially if you're there because you're wanting to travel around the city a lot and explore a lot because that's what tourists do. Um, you can save a ton of money by just figuring out the public transportation system, buying a little Metro card or a bus pass. Um, and it's just such a daunting experience. I think when people first look at a map of a public transit system and say, Oh my God, I'm calling an Uber. Um, we don't really need to do that because it's, you can, you can often figure it out. And more importantly, you'll save yourself time and money. Um, so that's definitely a big one. Um, the second thing I always tell people is that you're, you know, the locals are going to be your friends way more than they're going to be anything else, right? So they they can help you point you in the direction of restaurants. Um, you're way better off asking a local than the concierge at your hotel because um, they're. <laughs> and I, and I, I mean, it sounds like you're you're laughing at it, and it's uh, I know I laugh at it a little bit too now. But you're, and you'd be surprised how many people would just go to the hotel and say, hey, where's a good place for dinner? And they send them to the place that pays them a little bit extra to send people there. And it's a, you know, it's a version of what you think, I don't know, Croatian food should be like, should be, but it's not the, it's not the real thing. Um, so talk to locals there. A lot of them, especially in less developed places, want to show off the country or the city that they live in. Um, they think it's so cool that Americans or whoever, Europeans are there um, to see their city and they want to point you to the best, uh, this type of food or the best, that type of food. And it's, um, in, and oftentimes those are more budget places as well. So, um, yeah, if you can travel a little less expensive way and, uh, expensively and you can eat a little bit cheaper than, uh, you're setting yourself up for a pretty good, uh, budget travel trip. Financial anxiety, anyone? Yeah, you're not alone, but worrying about it, it doesn't help. Earnin does. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 per day as you work and leave an additional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So, how would you spend the money you get from Earnin? Well, 
honestly, my hubby and I have been feeling a little bit disconnected lately. That's what happens after you've been together about 12 years. So I would spend the money on a special date night with dinner and maybe bowling, you know, to bring back some of that giggly excitement that we both felt at the beginning. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security, gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin, T-A-L-K-A-N, money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin money under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Listen, if you've been using Mint to manage your money, I have got some news for you. First, the bad news. As you might know, Mint is shutting down for good. But the good news? Well, there is a way better alternative that is a personal favorite of mine, Monarch Money. And I'm not the only lover of Monarch Money. Many Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and just raving about it. I used to manage my money with an Excel spreadsheet. I know, so archaic. And it was so time-consuming. I tried all of the apps. But I just didn't find one I liked until I found Monarch. And I've got to tell you a secret. Monarch is so easy to use with a very intuitive design. You can even collaborate with your partner and you can customize Monarch for whatever your needs are. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Let's go back to the collaboration bit. Because we know money is a leading cause of divorce and breakups, Monarch has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. You can see all your finances, make a budget together, get insights on your cash. Yes, cue the confetti. There will literally not be any more arguments over money. And if you've been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, or rarely updated, so was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful ad-free, and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Monarch has a tool that allows you as well to easily import your data from Mint. You can keep all of your tags and all of your categories. After trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts.
We'll get right back into the second part of my interview with Michael right after we answer and ask Shauna. And this one comes from Liz. And Liz says, hi, Shauna. I just had one of those financial uh uh-oh moments that you talked about, and I need your guidance. November was a crazy month for me, and I was sick for a week and completely blew the due dates on three of my credit cards. Yikes. I just noticed a week ago that happened, and I'm in complete panic. I can't remember what advice you tell us to do. Also, side note, I share every episode at work with my nurse friends. I work in a hospital, and we started a challenge as a result. Thanks for motivating us all. Please help, and please keep up the podcast. Well, hey, Liz, I'm just going to say right on for the savings challenge. That's awesome, and I, I hope you're saving for an amazing goal. I give all the kudos to you being a nurse. Send me a picture of all of your nurse friends that are saving as well. I would love to see everybody in action. I think being a nurse is is one job I'm just not cut out for. (laughs) I'm not good around blood and I'm definitely not good around fluids. I don't even like my own spit. I know that sounds disgusting. I can't believe I'm telling you that, but I don't. So that's definitely one job I know I would not be good at. But okay, back to your email. First, I just want you to breathe because I can feel your panic through the email. The good news is that this happens to all of us. In fact, I had a week this year that was completely crazy and the same thing actually happened to me. I have one bill that just isn't on auto pay and I completely blew it. I completely forgot to pay it. And so when I realized it, I was in a little bit of a panic too. And I went over the steps that I'm gonna tell you in just a second got it taken care of. And then in my calendar, I made a double entry so that at both times throughout the day, I'm just blatantly reminded to pay that bill. So the first thing I would tell you to do is call the credit card companies. Tell them you forgot to pay the bill in the nicest tone possible and ask to get the late fee waived. If it's your first uh uh-oh of the year, they should waive your late fee and wipe it away without you having to do too much crazy (laughs) scheming with them. But if they don't ask to speak with a supervisor, because most companies have that courtesy for you. And then I would say the minute that you notice that you blew the payment, make it online or over the phone ASAP. Don't wait for another 30-day cycle or for your bill to come again, because by that point, it might be 60 days late, and then it might start showing up on your credit report. And that is what you want to avoid. And again, you want to get the late fee removed. And the beauty of that is because you're saving money. So like my late fee was 25 bucks and I want my 25 bucks back. You can't have it. I know it was my mistake, but I want my money back. And also you want to make sure that they don't report to the credit bureaus. So it's really important to take the time and make that call. Just say, I made a mistake. Can I get it waived? Can I get it reversed? And... I've had 10 out of 10 times where they have said, absolutely, there's probably a few situations where they haven't, but those may be case-by-case basis. Get them on auto pay if you can, at least for the minimum payment so you don't run the risk of this happening. If you're somebody like me, I have so many different things going on. I cannot keep track of when everything is due. It's just too much for my brain to handle. There are some people that are very good at it, you know, all your due dates and you never miss a due date and kudos to you. I'm not one of those people. So if you're like me, get on auto pay. It's going to save you so much time. And then I also set aside about 15, 20 minutes every Sunday just to make sure I've got all my bills paid for the upcoming week. 
Again, it doesn't mean that something isn't going to slip through the crack or I'm not going to make a mistake, but by doing these preventative measures, you're best prepared for the situation. You're best prepared for saving your money and setting your goals and hitting your goals and just keeping a positive attitude around money because that's effort. And don't let anybody tell you it's not. It's It takes a lot of effort to be positive, particularly in a situation where maybe things aren't going as well as you liked. Maybe the money's a little bit tight. Those weekly check-ins with yourself, they're also time just to motivate yourself, give yourself a high five, give yourself a little reward, and keep going. So I hope those tips have helped, Liz. And again, thank you so much for all that you do and for this amazing question. I'm hoping that it's helped a few other people as well. How did you deal with being in countries where the language was just completely foreign? Were there any, did you use Google to help you translate or, or did you learn any tricks to, to help you figure out the language? Yeah, a lot of pointing. <laughs> no, yeah, actually uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, mannerisms and you'd be surprised at how, I mean, uh, I think I was surprised at how much, that how far that could go sometimes even um i think that even if you don't understand the language if you can um you know pick out a few basic words um and point and uh you know play a little game of charades you can pretty much find out you know where the bathroom is where you need where the bus is going or picking up um but then again finding one local who speaks a little bit of broken english um can be a key to the to the you know to the city if in a way right uh so I think that's that was in most of the country, you know, a lot of any romance language, you know, English, you can sort of bend a little bit to try to make some sense of it. Um, but, yeah, there was I mean, again, with all the tricks and tips in the world and even the tech, you know, Google Translate was great. But um, there were times when I was trying to interact with somebody face to face and. I realized that they had no idea what I was saying and they realized I was never going to understand them. And we just sort of smiled and turned around and walked other directions and said, well, that was a, you know, that was a shot at an interaction that did not happen. So. uh, Yeah. I think that's one of the, that's one of the best parts about traveling, right? It's, is those experiences. And then you realize, okay, I'm never going to see that person again. They're never going to see me again. So yeah, if I made a fool of myself, who cares? It's not a big deal. I love it. So we, we talked about how, particularly millennials, it's really easy for us to just hit hit our phone and, and call an Uber um, to come pick us up. But you, f- you found Flixbus while you were traveling. And w- what was it about it that you loved? And, and now you've come back to the US and you're actually working for Flixbus. So tell me a little bit about how it works and, and why we should consider Flixbus. Yeah, so Flixbus as a whole, um, just to sort of start high level, I guess, is um, it's city to city bus tra- travel. So similar to in the US, we have Megabus and Greyhound, same exact idea, city to city, um, but much better techn- from a technological standpoint, technology. So it's um, it's really the best way to book a ticket is via the app. Um, you can, it's a ton of booking um, frequency, a bunch of uh, trip frequencies. So um, the booking uh, is super easy. There's a lot of flexibility, um, the convenience of the entire experience. And then most importantly, the quality of the buses, the drivers. Um, it's just night and day, unlike anything that we have in the U.S. And that, to me, was the biggest thing in in, in Europe, seeing the the product that was on the road and the actual quality of the, you know, a friendly driver who's welcoming you and smiles. And it's just so different than the type of experiences I'd had with bus travel in the U.S., 
um, that's really what was the biggest factor in my like, you know, oh my God, this thing could really be huge type of moment. And I think, um, you know, we have such a car culture in the U.S. And I think, to, you know, to our detriment, it's really, um, you know, there's not really other good modes of transportation. And we fly, you know, people fly and people drive, um, but trains are a little bit weak and really buses have been on the road for some time with some of the, you know, some of our competitors, but really not in the same way that we've done it. Um, in Europe and that we're now doing it in the U.S. So um, I think that was the, you know, when you, the first experience I had was Flix, with Flixbus was loading, you know, just getting onto the bus, having a friendly driver greet me and welcome me and walking onto the bus and seeing everything from students to families to a single mother and her child, to a businessman going to a meeting, you know, just every walk of life using this, this trans, you know mode of transportation in the U.S. is just, not used by that same type of person um, really was, was the, you know, what opened my eyes to it. And I think, um, you know, we're starting to, we're on the West coast right now from uh, Sacramento and San Francisco down to LA, San Diego, Vegas, Tucson, Phoenix. Um, we're expanding to Texas next uh, in early 2019 and then to Northeast uh, in Florida. So it's going to be, uh, you'll see a bunch of green buses uh, near you very soon. Um, but it's, uh, it's really changing the way that people view and experience bus travel um, in a very different way than what we've been used to here. And it makes such a difference when you get on a mode of transportation and somebody greets you or the bus is inviting. It just makes such a difference. It's like when you walk into a store and somebody says, hi, how are you doing? Versus just ignoring you. And you find with so many other modes of transportation, at least I've found traveling, that you're you're just a number. You're just another person getting on to whatever mode of transportation. But I think having that experience, it really makes a difference, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the you know you'd be amazed to see the number of people who walk onto a bus for the first time. And we have you know like I said, every type of person you can imagine on our buses. And you know, almost without without fault, they step on the bus and say, "Oh my God, this is a bus." <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> if you haven't been on a bus in thirty years, it's a it is really an oh wow moment. And if you um, and if you've your only you know association with bus travel is what you see in, in the movies um, or what you've heard from your grandmother who took a Greyhound one time, it's just a very different. Um, you know, you 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 don't have the best image of what you're about to experience in your mind. So. Um, yeah, I think the the drivers are, are a crucial part of what we do. But you know, from when when you get on the bus, you have wi- free Wi Fi, movies, TV shows, and games that stream directly to your phone. We just launched a pilot program for our trips to Vegas. The first six rows have virtual reality headsets. You can watch movies or play games. So so much. I mean, just things that are you never. Not only would you never expect on even a you know high quality airplane, um, you know you're now getting in a bus. Um, you don't have to go to the airport. We'll pick you up right in the middle of Santa Monica, mm-hmm. West LA, UCLA, downtown. I mean, any we, we really are coming almost directly to your door, um, and you know that's again the convenience, the flexibility, um, and then the enjoyment of the actual experience on board is what really makes it different. Yeah, you don't even get that kind of service on an airplane these days, and you pay a lot more money to travel. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. And I think that's a, being able to be so price competitive. And part of the reason we're able to do that is um, we our business model is very similar to what Uber and Lyft do. We don't actually own or operate the vehicles ourselves. So that's the big difference between us and our competition is that we partner with local bus companies, most of whom are either charter companies or tour companies, um, that we actually then brand the bus with our colors. We manage all of the quality, all the ops, all the ticketing, pricing, advertising, everything, just the way that, you know, um, 
yeah, we, we do all really everything related to the customer side of the experience. But the actual bus that shows up is, um, you know, is not one of our thousand buses or two thousand buses. It's someone who has they have, you know, maybe two buses that are running Flixbus in a fleet of 20 or 30 buses. And this is a significant part of their business that they are really caring about the quality. They're training the drivers. We have, you know, they're getting reports from customers on how the, you know, the quality of the bus, the quality of the drivers. Um, so by, you know, by doing, having this partnership model, not only do we then keep a lot of the, you know, our revenue then goes to the partners who are staying in the local communities that we're serving, but the quality aspect of it is there's just so much more attention to detail than if, you know, we were trying to do every aspect of this ourselves. So if you think sort of trying to manage taxi cab, you know, 2000 taxi cabs versus having Ubers where the driver is, it's their car, they care about it, they're getting a tip on it, they're getting paid for it, they want to make it a great experience. That's sort of the quality differential. That we and see. it's the power of technology and how, I think younger generations are leading a change and saying, we want to do things differently. Uh, I'm super interested. Is there already, I know you're expanding, but is there already like the most popular route that people are traveling? Yeah, there's so many. And this is another great uh, little uh, budget travel tip. Our most popular routes, believe it or not, are the night routes that leave about 9 or 10 p.m. from either Sacramento or San Francisco down to L.A. and vice versa, or from um, L.A. Uh, and Phoenix uh, back and forth. Those are two super, super popular routes. And the beauty of it is that you save money on a hotel room by traveling overnight. So you get, yes, you're not getting as good night's sleep as you would have gotten if you had gotten to LA at 7 p.m. and booked a hotel room, but you're saving a whole night's worth of a hotel room. So um, they, those buses you know, are almost entirely full on the weekend. And even during the week, Tuesday night, which you never would expect to be a popular travel night, you know, are 70, 80% capacity. Um, so I've been pleasantly surprised with the um, you know the, the growth of those lines but um, LA Vegas has been great San Diego has been very good so it's everything's uh, everything's moving in the right direction and we're just trying to get um, you know more butts and seats and show people that it really is different than what you're imagining uh, bus travel to be like I think that's so great because I mean I mean even me I mean I have a bias towards like when I heard bus I'm like what you want me to get me on a bus are you, are you <laughs> kidding me but you know when you when you make the compelling case for it's actually not just you're not just sitting on a bus like you're having this experience and you're with other people and it's a warm inviting experience like all of those things make such a difference and those things are really being stripped away from travel these days you know we're removing all of those things and so it's really nice to find a way to put those things back into the experience and a company that's actually valuing that yeah and i think also a matter of you know what's your alternative right if you're if if you're going to take an airplane first of all your ticket instead of being a $10 trip to Las Vegas or a $20 trip to Las Vegas, which is what our fares are, you're going to end up paying what, 100, 200 bucks one way or, or round trip. Also, then if you think about, okay, well, what if I could do, you know, what if I drive myself? Well, driving, especially, I mean, you're from Los Angeles and know the traffic situation that we <laughs> yes. deal with. All it takes is one person. We, I use this, love this example, particularly between LA and Vegas. If you've been to Vegas for a bachelor bachelorette party, or you're there for a fun weekend, and you're Sunday morning trying to get back to LA, I mean, I've done it for about you know, been in a car for seven and a half hours through traffic, what should be a four four and a half hour drive, and I mean, 
I hope my mom isn't listening, but if you're a little bit hungover, <laughs> if you're a little hungover trying to do that in the 100 degree heat in the middle of the summer, it's not a very fun experience. Whereas if you're in a bus with nice air conditioning and a, you know, a, a nice seat with watching TV or a movie or you're on Wi-Fi, it's just a much better way to spend the time. Right. And in Europe, we have the whole train network um, that are very train networks that are very strong. Oftentimes there's even some low cost train options, um, which are which are great alternatives to bus if you don't want to drive and you don't want to fly. But in the US, we just don't have that. So if you think about the alternative of being stuck in traffic and trying to go bumper to bumper down the 10, you know, yeah, a bus is a great experience. And all it takes is one person being stuck one time and seeing buses you know, cruising by them to say, okay, well, next time I'm going to try the bus for 10 months. Yeah, I, I've been there, done that. <laughs> but I'd love to, <laughs> to hear, we, we, you talked about so many great tips already on the podcast, but if you could leave listeners with maybe one tip or one food for thought about traveling, that person who, who wants to go and travel remotely, but maybe they, they don't see how, or maybe they're a little afraid or a little hesitant, or maybe they just don't have anyone to travel with, what would you tell them? It's tough. Uh, every everyone is so different, and I, I there's so many people who, I mean, I, I had an unbelievable experience that was obviously for me life defining, or, or at least you know, uh, you know, very, extremely powerful. But there are people who I know in my own life who, um, you know, who this wouldn't, this is not the thing for them, and not that, that people shouldn't, um, you know, shouldn't get out of their comfort zones. But there, this is not. It, it, not everyone wants the same things. And I think that was, um, you know, part of traveling was uh, realizing that the things that I think are cool and exciting and fun to do with your life are not necessarily the same things as, as everyone else. But for the person who does have this itch um, and does sort of uh, see the appeal of it, um, I think the, the biggest takeaway that I, or the biggest advice I would give is, and it's the sound cliche, but do it now because there's never going to be a good time. And this is, again, it's, it's the, it's the most cliche answer I could give, but it's the most true um, in the same way is that it's, you, you're always going to be looking for some break in work or uh, you know, your time when you're single or something that makes it easier than it is now. And that time is never going to come. So you're better off jumping, taking the leap, buy, get a storage unit, pack everything in and buy a one-way ticket um, because there's never going to be a better time than right now. Uh, so that's the that's the takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. Cliche is great. So Michael, this has been great. Uh, tell the listeners where they can go to find out more about Flixbus and to book a trip. Yeah, absolutely. Go uh, check us out online or download the app. It's F-L-I-X as an X-ray, B-U-S. Um, it's going to be, uh, you know, all throughout the West Coast uh, right now. If you are listening to this after about uh, February or March of 2019, we'll be all over Texas. And then the East Coast is to come next year. So check us out. Uh, book a trip. Uh, once you do it once, I guarantee you'll do another uh, trip with us. So thanks so much for, uh, for listening to us. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free and you'll make sure you never miss an episode of Millennial Money. You can also listen to all our episodes on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Pandora. 